Welcome, one and all, to another installment of the GW Reg Studies podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thompson, at the George Washington University Regulatory Studies Center. And joining me today is someone who needs no introduction. Susan Dudley is the director and founder of GW Reg Studies Center and an expert in economics and regulation. From 2007 to 2009, Susan was the nation's regulatory czar, serving as administrator of OIRA, the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. Now, Susan, thank you for being with us today. Well, I'm happy to be, Nate. Thank you for organizing this. Uh, you had recently wrote an op-ed for the Regulatory Review reflecting on the legacy of President Jimmy Carter as the great deregulator. And now with uh, President Carter entering hospice care recently, his legacy is weighing heavily on our minds. As you reflect on the major developments of his presidency, what is especially relevant for you today? Yeah, I, you're right. I, his decision to enter hospice care has many of us reflecting on his his many achievements. Um, but the reason I think thinking about his regulatory reform achievements is important because for the first time since 1970, we're experiencing high inflation. And it's also like 19, the 70s when he was um, president, um, a time of increasing regulatory activity. I liked what you called out in your column, an attitude of manifest humility. And why did this make uh, President Carter special? Well, humility is not a word we probably many of us would use to describe recent presidents. But in his case, he didn't just blame outside forces for inflation and other troubles. Um, he did to a certain extent, but he also asked whether his own policies could be exacerbating inflation. And when he looked at the inflation and causes, uh, what do you suppose uh, rose to the top of his list? Well, probably the Federal Reserve had, um, I think, it's widely recognized they have the most control over inflation. He also looked at less obvious culprits, including poorly designed regulation that could be contributing to rising prices. And he did that in two prongs. He looked at the traditional rate setting agencies, but also the new agencies that were being formed starting around the mid 1970s, like EPA and OSHA aimed at protecting the environment, public health, um, workforce, and transportation safety. Yeah, the timing of this part of history is very interesting. You've pointed out that this was kind of a modernizing of the regulatory system in the U.S., and, and there were a lot of layers being added to regulatory review at that time. Do you want to tell us about some of the challenges that this creates with economic regulation in, in particular, which you pointed out was a source of some of the troubles in these industries like airlines and transportation. Yeah, that's right. So the earliest um, eight regulatory agencies in the U.S. were concerned with monopoly power. So they controlled prices or rates that um, industries could set, um, who, who could participate in different industries. So for example, the Interstate Commerce Commission was the first modern regulatory agency um, founded, started in the late 1980s. Um, so first it regulated railroads um, and then trucks. And in, in those it, it regulated the rates that the railroads could charge, but also the services that they could that they must provide. And then when trucks came along as a competition to railroads, 
the ICC regulated them too, the types of service they had to provide, et cetera. And then after that, later than that, was the Civil Aeronautics Board um, that regulated airline fares and dictated which airlines could fly which routes. But the, um, the evidence was mounting that instead of protecting consumers from monopolistic pricing, they were doing just the opposite. The agencies got captured by the regulated parties and um, theory and um, empirical evidence in professions of e economics, law, political science were increasingly converging on the fact that this was actually creating rather unnatural monopolies rather than protecting people from natural monopolies. Yeah, I see what you mean about that economic regulation and the heavy hand there uh, can capture that agency and actually end up protecting the market position of those existing airlines rather than promoting competition. Uh, so what are some ways that consumers benefit today from doing away with that civil aeronautics board and the heavy hand of regulation on airlines? Yeah, what he did is he he brought enticed highly qualified people to head these agencies like Alfred Kahn, an econ um, economics professor from Cornell and Darius Gaskins. And initially, Khan, who I interviewed um, before he passed away, and he is a wonderful man, he was initially focused on making the regulations more consumer focused, so setting prices more efficiently. But eventually he realized that only competition would resolve the problems. He was once speaking to a group of investors in New York and someone asked him, when you're done, what will the industry look like, the airline industry? And he laughed and said, if I knew that, I would regulate to get us to that point. The, the innovations that emerged from that have been um, dramatic and sometimes unexpected. So maybe we should talk a little bit more about what, in addition to airlines. So he signed the Airline Deregulation Act, the Motor Carrier Act that deregulated trucking, the Staggers Rail Act that introduced competition and rail rates, and the Telecommuni Telecommunications Act that removed restrictions on long distance phone service. All those things have led to innovations that are kind of unexpected, like um, you know cell phones and Zoom that we're doing this podcast over as a result of, of the increased competition in those industries. Uh, so you also described Carter's approach as having a second prong, um, in addition to doing away with the heavy-handed economic regulation. He was also behind the startup of several newer agencies. And, and which ones are these uh, that came about in the in the late 70s? As I mentioned, the um, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, Environmental Protection Agency, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Consumer Product Safety Commission, they're just a whole alphabet soup of the agencies that we um, are very familiar with today, and they were all being formed in, in the 1970s. So when he became president, there was concern about their costs. And so his focus there, um, unlike the economic regulatory agencies where there was just widespread agreement, deregulation was the way to solve. We needed more competition, less regulation. For these other agencies, there was an appreciation for the need for these regulations, but could we make them more cost effective? Could we take into account the costs as well as the potential benefits? Um, so there his focus was was on that. And he he issued executive order 12044, 
which was a precursor to executive orders that Reagan, when he took office in 1981, implemented and um, President Clinton issued 16 years later. And President Clinton's executive order still guides regulatory development today. The other thing that Carter did with those agencies is he established cabinet level oversight, which also was a precursor to um, the review by the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. So this whole phenomenon of measuring impacts and focusing on outcomes really can't, it has its roots back in the, in the Carter administration, and we all benefit from it today. So why would you say that these regulatory reforms of the Carter years deserve more attention now? First, I'll just say that um, President Ford um, and, and Nixon had some types of the over, some types of oversight in place, um, but Carter, I think, took them to the, to the next level. The lasting impacts um, were both, as you mentioned, that he influenced the conduct of regulatory analysis and also that competition in previously regulated sectors has really led to lower prices and innovation um, and things that I talked about. So some of the unforeseen benefits. So airfares clearly have gone down, um, but what we didn't anticipate is the hub and spoke system so that you can still get to anywhere that you would like to in the country, the smaller airports are still served. And then um, the unforeseen benefits like, like Zoom. It looks like the deregulation in the trucking sector actually reduced discrimination against Black drivers. And there is some evidence that it brought down inflation, probably not soon enough for President Carter to win a second term, um, but it, it did um, achieve that goal. Um, so I think his successes do deserve greater attention because we may be forgetting some of the lessons that we learned in 1970s that um, competition is often more effective at regulating than, than the government is. Um, for example, we see the Federal Trade Commission moving away from the consumer protection standard and um, introducing more efforts to replace competition with government controls. So I think studying President Carter not just his humility, but his sincere focus on evidence and how we can improve regulatory outcomes is, is important today. So what would you call some of the lasting impacts of the Carter presidency? Well, he certainly influenced the conduct of regulatory analysis and achieved consensus on the underlying principles for better regulation. He required agencies to consider the benefits and the costs, and those requirements continue. And there's widespread agreement that regulatory impact analysis, which is the transparent accounting of pros and cons of regulatory outcomes, are valuable for informing good regulatory decisions. But also the competition that his deregulatory initiatives um, generated in or allowed in previously regulated industries um, has really led to lower prices and in innovation. Well, you're definitely right to point out how this has been an underappreciated theme of Carter's presidency. And it's so great to be able to call attention to these developments. Um, so I want to point our listeners to your column at the Regulatory Review and also available at the GW Reg Studies website. So you can find that at go.gwu.edu slash regstudies and click on publications. And this has been Susan Dudley, director of the Reg Studies Center, reflecting on 
Jimmy Carter's presidential legacy and regulatory reforms. I want to thank everybody for joining us today at the podcast, and I hope you will see us again very soon for another look at regulation and news today. Thanks, Susan. Thank you, Nate.